and we are live. All right, here we go. Episode two, No Bad Days podcast. Officially got a little title going. Um, <laughs> yeah, so before we started, you were telling us about what's going on over there. Um, you're drinking a little beverage now, so tell me what's going on in the beautiful, what is it, the sun, not the Sunshine State, Arizona, whatever the state is. The Glendale, Arizona, baby, yeah. Glendale, so yeah. So we're, uh, yeah, we got a couple days off. Our season just ended um, yesterday. Two days ago? Yesterday or two days ago, yeah. Couple days off, then we start. We head right into instructs. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's gonna be a good couple days off. Just gonna be chilling, getting the body ready for instructs. You know, relaxing, having a couple beverages, and chilling with the boys. You know. All right, so, so how does that work? So you guys finish. Is there at the level you're at? Is there um, is there like a playoffs or is it? Um, so no, there isn't. Like, so rookie ball, there's not. It's kind of what's that. It's kind of just like getting reps and getting some game action. Yeah, that's about it. Um, I believe like once you head out of rookie ball and go into low A and high, they have playoffs. Um, but yeah, I think rookie ball is all about development, you know, just getting your feet wet and, uh, you know, just getting better every day. Okay. Um, and then instructs, you're in the same spot. You don't got to leave your room or anything. Just keep it going there. Yeah, same spot. Um, they actually have me moving hotels. I'll be rooming with another kid now. We'll be, we'll both be in strength camp. Um, that's my instructional. Uh, that's what I'm going to be doing. Strength camp, getting big, looking like Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Matt McDermott. You know how it is. Um, Keep it a little too small. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess they think I'm a little bitch. But um, no. <laughs> What's going on on the East Coast? How how was your uh, how was your week? It was you good. Yeah, you guys started practice, right? So we started – we've been practicing um, okay. you know, following that eight-hour rule. Um, <laughs> but we started inter-squads this week. Uh, I got a 20-hour week's going. We started inter-squads. Okay. Um, got the first nuke under my belt in the teal, which felt good. Let's um, go, kid. Day, day one, we got it out. We got the first AB. We got the punch-out slider in the dirt. <laughs> that out of the way. And, and, Classic. Um, and then second AB, we went Yabo. So get both of those out of the way, and now we can now we can actually go. That's huge. Um, yeah, so it's been a good week. So before we start, actually, let me, uh, I'm reading this. So let me give a little bit of the background on the, the No Bad Days title, because I kind of pushed the, the title on you a little bit because I like it so much. Um, so random day, um, I show up to the field with a shirt that says No Bad Days. <laughs> got it, got it at Marshall's, nine bucks, didn't think much of it, thought it was a cool shirt, bought it, wore it. Um it kind of okay. So the, the actual story is, wore the shirt. That's it. The next day, my roommate and one of my really good friends um, comes up to me. He goes, you know, we're trying to think of. This is one of the first days we're making a little team culture, and you know, we're new, we're older, so we're trying to figure out how we can lead, how we can contribute to a squad that's like you know already pretty formed and and whatnot. So he goes, I got I got a saying that. I think if the boys acclimate to like, we can be a good team. Like we can enjoy ourselves, whatever. I'm like, all right, what's the saying? He says, no bad days. I'm mm. like, dude, I think subconsciously I wore the shirt yesterday. You probably saw it. I guess somewhere in the subconscious, you loved it. Brought it up <laughs> the next day. So I was like, perfect. So it was like <laughs> me and him kind of started saying it, um, caught on with the team. Uh, we started breaking down on it. We got some guys getting tats of it. Um, Damn. So it's kind of our thing, but I, it's kind of 
my boy Jake Gitter, my roommate. Shout out, Jake. He's going to be on the podcast. Soon. I was just about to ask. I was just about yeah, to ask, who is this guy? What position yeah, he plays? He's, he's an outfielder. He's he's like us. He's like the topic of today's podcast. He's a journeyman. He went, he's from Louisiana. He went up to a tiny school in northern Colorado. Love it. Um, had a good career there, and now he's thought he was going to get drafted. Didn't. Um, now he's, he's in Conway with me. So he's a journeyman as well. Um, so he's, he's a lot like us, but so we kind of, after it kind of called on, we're like, all right, like, let's, let's try and sit down and actually think about like, why do we love this saying so much? So this is, this is what we came up with. I, I put this on my private store. So you definitely already saw this. Oh, for sure. So, so our thing is we try to have no bad days, like the word bad. Um, so that we take that as not every day it has to be like the best day of the week, the best day of the year. Um, doesn't have to be a highlight day. Um, but like, just like acknowledging little things, like whether you woke up, the sun's out, um, you know, just basically being alive, um, having people around you, little stuff like that. Um, and even if it's not the fact that it's the sun will shine again, or, or you will have another good day in sight means that that day doesn't have to be a bad day. So just cause it's not a great day, doesn't mean it's a bad day. And we feel like we kind of started to live it. And as we started to think about how we didn't have any bad days those days that were kind of in the middle like meh kind of turned into good days we're like all right it's definitely not a bad day it's a uh, day and then by the end of the day it was a great day as now, opposed to like a lot of the times when you wake up you're in a bad mood or something bad happens to you you label it a bad day and then the rest of it's a bad day because you're already like this is a bad day and then everything that keeps happening to you of course this happened to me i'm having such a bad day like classic phrase so it's like we we don't have any bad days just maybe something bad happens to us in that moment but it's still not a bad day whether it's a great day or a mad day and then it could turn into a great day and we feel like eliminating the bad days kind of turns that perspective and flips in your favor then you start talking about like now we start seeing things a little different oh that's not a bad thing maybe that's just something that's happening to me in my good day and then it turns great and then we started to see how kind of how it was like i was talking about how it was infectious like it's like me and git walking on a monday we have 6 a.m condition we're like this ain't a bad day this is just an annoying thing to do but the rest of the day is going to be a great day and then all of a sudden it's like all right now we're kind of looking forward to conditioning or something as little as like i didn't do great at the plate today but you know, I went over two in our inner squads with a punch out, but like, usually we'd say, Oh, that's a bad day. But like, ah, I made a nice play in the infield. I stole a bag. And like, we get to inner squads again tomorrow. So it wasn't a great day, but it definitely wasn't a bad day. So now we're going into tomorrow and we're not thinking, ah, yesterday was a bad day. We're thinking yesterday was a, a, a good to okay day. And now today's going to be a great day. So it kind of just like, that's the meaning behind it. Um, oh, for sure. Now so I got a question for you. You need to add to it. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, now, do you think it's a choice? Do you think consciously we can make that choice in the morning, waking up and be like, oh, sh- damn, like it's going to be a bad day or it's going to be a good day. Do you think that's do you think it, we can consciously make that decision right when we wake up? Oh, it's going to be a great day or it's going to be a bad day. Or is it. I guess what I'm trying to say is. Yeah. How, how can you make the decision? Can you make the yeah, decision? Yeah. And, and that kind of goes into a lot of what, which we'll get into in a little bit, like what you taught me and what you kind of exposed me to is like kind of speaking things into existence and where you wake up and you say like, Oh, this just feels like it's going to be a bad day. Like when you, when you constantly try and live out the no bad days, that thought could come to your mind. 
But then the other thought, the, the contradictory thought of, ah, but this could just be a bad moment. It's not going to be a bad day can no, kind of sure. reenact that. And the more that happens and I, and I feel it like, you know, the first, the first day we noticed it, it was like, okay, we could kind of feel this out in the first week. We're like, yeah, this could kind of work. And now it's like, we're really living it out every day. And every day it's like, it's easier and easier to like, not even think about a bad day. Like we've actually, and it's, and it sounds corny and it sounds like what, but it's like, we really, and when we joke about it, we're like, we don't have bad days in Conway. Like they don't exist. And, and the more that kind of like gets out into the universe and the more we think about that and manifest that it's like things starts like, like the secret and all this kind of stuff talks about that we can touch on later. It kind we'll of definitely start get into that. Form, yeah. It could kind of start a for form around us. And it's like, none of the boys are having bad days out here. We're all just having great days. For so sure. that, that's kind of the basis of it. And I mean, it's kind of cliche to say, but that's what, I mean, that's what life's about. You know, you got to go through life. You got to enjoy it. And I think like right now when like, I mean, we were young, but like we were all consumed with baseball, like everything depended on the result during the day and kind of just like that's where we got our happiness. If we went three for three, like we were happy. And then like right. if we went over three with three punchies, like don't don't ever talk to me. Don't talk to me for like a week. Right. right. And that's kind of another thing we also talked about how if we can kind of live out and understand this whole no bad days in our life during individuals when we're just taking BP and we're just like taking some fungos. If you can somehow turn your in-season games into not thinking you had bad days, like just imagine when you go on a seven game skid, when you have two hits in seven games, whether you want to admit it or not, a lot of the times, especially different players, like me in particular, you go into that day thinking I've had three bad days in a row. <laughs> and if there's, and, and that's hard to climb out about it, obviously, but if yeah. there's, if there's some way where you can eliminate the bad days, it's like, oh, I had three games in a row where I didn't play great, but I did some good things. All of a sudden that fourth game is like, you're not fighting an uphill battle. So then you could just get going there instead of waiting for you to run into a ball eight games down the line to get you going again. No, so it kind sure. of fits into the baseball a little bit. Cause it is because baseball is such a negative game. And, and it's like all that shoved in your face as a baseball player is bad, bad, bad. Like everything you, whether you do something good or not, like there's bad to follow. There was bad previously and like bad is eventually going to come back around. But if you can kind of find that not being bad, then I feel like, again, like we talked about that perspective almost changes and yeah, and like someone that's good at that. No. Yeah, for sure. And it's kind of like one thing I've learned, like going through this process is just like, and I learned it in college was just from the hit my hitting coach Matt Wessinger shout out to him again um he's taught me a lot but find the small wins like if you go 0 for 3 with three punchies or and, and you get a walk like you walked like it's the small right. small wins yep. and then like you steal a bag for your team like yeah it's kind I of remember, just a bigger it's a bigger I, perspective you know yeah I remember when we were in Vermont we'll talk about this also but um that was like one of your main points was like, even if you got a bunt down that day, like that's what you focus on. And it's honestly ties right into the no bad days. Cause it's like, you got the bunt down and everything else wasn't great, but that wasn't great. And you did something good. So therefore it can't be a bad day. For sure. And like, I think for both of us, we came a long way from that. I mean, I remember Vermont, bro. Like you, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw you yeah. under the bus right now. Yeah. Oh Yeah. <laughs> You, 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 you wouldn't have, okay. So you would have a decent day. You wouldn't have a great day. 
and, and, and I'm like, like you're coming in the dugout you're coming in the dugout you're taking it out on your batting gloves yeah no and <laughs> the it's Jones a, are getting ripped and, <laughs> and done into the trash can yeah and i mean it's it's obviously always a, a work in progress and oh for sure i just had to throw you under the bus bro i just had right to, no no had to do it. Sure. but um <laughs> yeah so that, that's kind of i guess a good uh a good transition to what the topic is going to be about today is about um kind of just our journeys and I, I thought of that topic the theme i guess for today because yeah. we're sitting on the couch and and we were trying to i wasn't but my roommates were trying to do homework and um <laughs> and we we're like ah it's it, they say it, it ain't co- it ain't college it's coastal so we weren't doing our homework so we we're looking up the baseball Love that saying yeah it ain't, it ain't Love it. so so we were looking one of the one of my roommates started looking up the baseball references of all of us and and he looked over me. He's like, and you can scroll down to the bottom of the baseball references page. And you can see like teams played for. Yeah. And mine has like 15 teams. And he's like, dude, you've played for so many teams. <laughs> like, I, I just a journeyman just with summer ball and with, you know, being 22 years old. And <clears throat> so that's kind of where that theme came in. And, um, and yeah, so I kind of, I try to, um, almost look at me as two different people post for or pre Vermont and post Vermont. But, um, but you go first, you, you, I, I came up with the theme and I, you liked it. And I, so you start us off. I've been talking a lot. You start us off your, give us your journey from college baseball, like freshman year. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Give me from freshman year, summer ball and growth in random spots. You know, uh, freshman, you know, freshman year is always a, uh, it's a good story of mine. Um, for people who listen to this podcast, um, it was it was a roller coaster. It was miserable. It was kind of miserable, you know. Into it, you're in a new environment. I I'm from Lorton, Virginia, so from Lorton, Virginia, up into Hempstead, New York, on Long Island. And so I go up there, you know. It's a totally different culture. You got all these Italians, you know, bada bing, bada boom, all that gabagool, all that stuff. And uh, wasn't used to it. It was <laughs> freezing. Like I was in the dorms with one of my buddies, Jimmy Joyce, who's actually playing with the Mariners now. Absolute stud. Um, so yeah, that was a roller coaster year. Like the season comes around, and you know you start doing well as a freshman. You get that like you're doing well, like you're new. Like it's kind of just that luck of being new, um, right. and that only lasted for so long. So um, yeah, so that season happened. At the end of the year, is like kind of just downhill like I was it seemed like I was going up 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 and then just like right when the middle of the season came around it was just like oh the freshman slump here we go and so that season ended and then I actually got the chance to go back home that year and play in the Cal Ripken League with the FCA Braves um which was nice you know as a freshman you get a little homesick so I mean I I guess I needed that at the time to go home and just kind of just build myself up from everything that was happening behind the scenes. Um, and then after that, Braves, it was a great summer, played with Rob Weishire and Vinny Costello, which were two, two of my teammates at Hofstra. And um, great, to, they lived with me. They're great to be around. They kind of just, I mean, it was a great time. Great time, worked out with them, played Fortnite. All that, That's when Fortnite was huge. Yeah, yeah. Um, after that, sophomore year season, did a little bit better, came back, you know, you're we facing some dudes that year, like uh, Bronovich. Um, who was the other starter? Who was the other, the first rounder? Kirby, Kirby. Kirby. I think that was that, was that our sophomore year? That was 2019, sophomore year, yep. 
yeah, so faced him. Like, we were facing some dudes. William Mary, you guys had – yeah, you had a solid rotation that year. Yeah, we did. Um, that's That was the year you guys kicked us out of the playoffs. We were, yeah, like, we fine for that. that. Yeah, we were good that year. Um, That's when we first – all right, we'll get into that later. But, anyways, um, yeah, sophomore year rolled by. And after sophomore is when we when, uh, went to Vermont, played for the Mountaineers with Charlie Barbieri, which was a great coach, one of the oh. – Yep. One of my favorite coaches, just a great dude overall. Yep. And then COVID happened. Um, yeah, so then we had those 14 games, that 14, 15 game stretch right when COVID was about to happen. Uh, we traveled all over Nevada, New Mexico. Um, where else did we go? We were about to go to Florida. Right, you went out to Purdue, you opened up at? Yeah, we opened up at Purdue, then we went out to New Mexico, fuck played some dudes like there were some good teams which was really nice going out to the west coast ball absolutely flies out here i've heard that <laughs> um, but yeah after that it was like a 15 game stretch and then all that covid stuff started happening um i was walking out with one of my teammates after our last game against liu tyler white and i was just like we looked at each other we're like yeah that's probably our last game of the year right there because the way our coach was talking it was just like you know like it's not looking good, especially because New York, you know, it's so populated and just the virus was spreading so easily and everything. But after that, um, there was, uh, yeah, so we shut down the season and then COVID happened. So the season was canceled. That was a wash. And then the following year, wait, was it that summer when the Nova League was happening? Yeah, it was that summer, yeah. Yeah, so that summer Nova League happened, played in just a – you know, local league with a bunch of the guys that played against in high school. And then, yeah, the rest is history, man. Um, played for Sal this past year, which we talked about last um, episode. Um, and then got the opportunity to play for the Dodgers, and here we are. Here we are, but very grateful for it. You know, you learn a lot of lessons going through those, like just meeting all different people, like all the programs that they play for and all the coaches, the philosophies, and just like, you kind of just got to remind yourself like you're grateful for where you are and like what you went through because other people went through worse, worse shit. Like right. they played for not good coaches, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so that's, that was it for me. Take, take us through. You got, you've had a longer journey than me. Yeah. I've had, I've had you, a long you're a, gr- you're a gritty man. You, you've been yeah. through it. Yeah. Let's, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 teams I've been on since 2017. Let's, My goodness. I'm actually looking at the list here. So we'll start after I graduated high school. I played probably the best thing I ever did really got me ready for college. I played in the perfect game league, which is a, a college league. I think there was five players allowed in the whole league that were income freshmen. And I was able to be one of them, which I was super blessed, blessed for um, awesome summer in Utica. I did well. I played with some older guys. I learned a ton um I got just over 20 or 100 ABs 120 ABs which was awesome at the college level so I played up in Utica with the Blue Sox going into my freshman year my freshman year similar to you I never really had the I guess I did I mean um I was lucky enough to play every day my freshman year which was awesome uh we opened up down at Clemson um I got my first collegiate hit was a double in my first AB which was awesome um we ended up getting walked off that day, but just really cool experience open up at Clemson. Um, but that year was not great for us, for me. Um, we had a tough team, didn't win a lot. Um, 
tough group of guys. Pretty much everything involved was not great. I was supposed to go down to the CPL, the Peninsula Pilots. I was signed. Um, don't to this day don't really know what happened. So that's on this list, and it says I have zero ABs. Um, don't really know <laughs> what happened. Signed a contract, had a host family. Don't know if it was my college coach or the Peninsula coach. Um, I heard the Peninsula coach was a bad communicator. My college coach, good guy, can work on his communication skills. We'll say so. I don't know what happened there. So I ended up ended up not there, um, which I was not happy about. So I went home for a little bit. I was home for about a month. Um, and then I went out to Danbury, Connecticut, which was kind of local in the NECBL. It was like 45 minutes for me. They needed an extra infielder. I went there and was pretty much just the fifth infielder. Best Played. field ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right field was like 240, but the, the holes in the batter's boxes were like craters. Um <laughs> So yeah, there I was, I was there for like two weeks, played in six games, was pretty much there to give the guys a day off. And then after that, I actually went out to Kenosha, Wisconsin to play in the Northwoods just because their season went a little bit longer and I hadn't played a lot that summer. And I was, you know, wanted to get back into the swing of it before my sophomore year because I hadn't done well in a while. So I wanted to get some more ABs and that was an awesome experience. The Northwoods, I know it's a lot of games, 72 games. I was there for 15 of them, which was awesome. You know, we filled the park every night and, you know, you were treated awesome out there. So that was an awesome experience out in Kenosha. Went back from William Mary my second year, my sophomore year. Individually started off super slow, middle super hot, and then ended super slow. Um, but at the end of the year, we knocked off Hofstra, which is the highlight of the year. Got into the oh, boy. Got into the <laughs> tournament. Um, so that was a good year team-wise. We had a lot of fun. We had a good group of guys. We actually we made it to the CAA semifinals. Um, so that was a good year. And then after that, that was kind of the, the uh, we'll say the premature Matt, um, the young <laughs> young Matt and then uh 2019 summer Vermont where we met obviously shout out Barb's again the, yes, the best, best guy um would take a bullet for that guy um but yeah great team talent wise made the playoffs group of guys we were super close met you learned a ton on and off the field kind of was starting to change things mindset wise swing wise as importantly as that you know pretty much rebuilt my swing that summer did well that summer um, was hitting 350, didn't get into the all-star game, but we won't talk about that. Sean McGrath, thanks a lot for nothing. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so went back for my junior year at William Mary, similar to you, was off to a good start. Um, 17 games, COVID was supposed to go out to Katuit that summer in the Cape. Cape got canceled, got so lucky, super blessed to be able to do this. Went down to play in the CPL, Lexington County Blowfish. And actually crazy how this works out. Um, so went down there. It was pretty much all the guys that were supposed to be in Katuit went down to that team. I think because the Katuit coach knew the coach of the Blowfish and they were still playing. So he kind of just was like, take all these guys if they want to go. And so that was an awesome opportunity. I ended up meeting – um, one of our catchers was a catcher at Coastal Carolina. Okay. Um, so that's how the original Coastal Carolina connection set up right there. Um, Tanner Garrison, one of my best friends. And he actually, we were talking about this yesterday, two days ago. Funny story there. He was supposed to come with Coastal's shortstop. Um, and I was, I was obviously going to play second. At that time, I hadn't played shorts since high school. 
So I was going to play second and the coastal kid was going to play short. The coastal kid got COVID. And at that time we didn't know a lot about COVID and he tested positive, you know, out for two weeks. And I think he tested positive again. And that was a month. And by that time the season was pretty much over. So he didn't come. I ended up moving over to short cause he didn't show up the coastal shortstop did great at short defensively that summer. Um, that kid transferred out of coastal. I go back to William Mary uh, the next year, which I guess was this past year, 2021, got kept it short, ended up winning the defensive player of the year. Um, and that's probably, you know, doing well that summer with the catcher from coastal and doing well this past year at William and Mary was, you know, eventually what got me here. Um, so kind of funny connection there. And then this summer, um, I was supposed to be in Harwich, um, you know, just with, they moved the season back because of COVID, you know, vaccines and everything. And so there was no temporary contract. So, you know, got the temp taken away from me. So I was like, all right, just I'll wait till the draft didn't get drafted. And then I ended up going out there for like the last 12, 13 games of the season, um, which was a cool experience. I think we talked a little bit about it last week. Um, and now I'm here and that's hopefully not where my journey ends, but <laughs> so far, I've definitely had a long one, 13 different teams I've been rostered to in five years. Um, and I've been lucky enough to pretty much play, um, and you can play healthy. every day, dude. You can... uh, yeah. Play for, play for all of them, be healthy for all of them. Um, so that's, that's, that's pretty much my journey. And, you know, hopefully continue the playing everyday trend at here at Coastal and, and continue to get to the journey to Pro Bowl. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So, I mean, like we said, we've both been through it, you know, still grinding away um, been going through it for years, um, summer ball, college baseball and everything like that. But one of the things that kind of was important to us was the law of attraction, you know, visualizing. Um, just kind of a change in mindset and um let's let's uh dive into that a little bit what's your yeah, what's yeah your so take on the law of attraction yeah i guess kind of going back to premature and we'll say post-mature pre-vermont post-vermont i was actually interested today when we were looking at the baseball reference i'm looking at it now the number and forget about like off the field happiness things outside of baseball in my life just if you want to buy into that stuff strictly for performance, the numbers are just you like non-comparable. Like we'll talk, we're talking, you want to go off batting average, which isn't even a great stat. Um, you know, 227, 250, 250, 251. And then I buy into that. I see the secret I learned from you. I all that stuff we're going to talk about. Yeah. 327, 319, 283, 295, 304. So like just the the impact it had on me, like, you know, and, and still, there's still obviously frustrations and it's still baseball and everything, but yeah, like, nothing's perfect. It's still <laughs> right. When you, when you look back at the, the big picture of it, like the, the change um, that it brought me was amazing. Yeah, for sure. And our boy, Mike stud, you know, he has that one song called these days. He kind of says, let me say everything in my head that I see comes to life. Right. So that's kind of like what we're talking about. So the thoughts that you think, I mean, it's almost like a magnetic field within the universe, if that makes sense. It's kind of like, so if you think it, if you think it enough and consistently, like it's going to happen. 
So say, hey, like, for example, this year, you know, had a goal in college of hitting 10 home runs. Didn't get there, but, like, got to seven. So, like, than you might have if you didn't set that goal. What's that? Got closer than you might have if you hadn't set that goal. Exactly. And that's kind of what it's about is you're manifesting these events that you want to happen. And in The Secret, which is a great film on Netflix, a great book, it's kind of like it kind of just talks about how we're attracting all these things into our life. And it's it's whether we're thinking about it or not, like it's the energy you give off. So what you give off is what you're going to attract. If you attract, if you give off good vibes, you're going to attract good vibes. If you're miserable, you're going to have miserable events. Kind of just like, for example, like if something bad happens in your morning, like when you wake up, you stub your toe and you're mother effing yourself. You're like, what the kind of everything just goes downhill from there. Like you kind of just, you got to be conscious of what you're doing and what you're saying, what you're thinking. And it's hard. I mean, I'm not saying like you can be happy, go lucky hundred percent of the time, but just you got to be conscious of what's going on in your head, how you're feeling. And there's ways to, I mean, change that. Like you got to do what makes right. you happy. Yeah. And then t- kind of tying that back into the journey theme is like, not only did the numbers improve, but like my actions to, be in line with that kind of stuff to improve my life also consistently changed. Like the amount I read, the amount I journaled, the amount I learned and, you know, viewed people around me in the world and, and that kind of stuff. And that, I mean, the number's cool. That's awesome. But like baseball ends at some point and the amount that, that, that I kind of learned that along the journey and, and that that was able to change and improve, um, made it almost more valuable than you know what on field improvements I had in my 13 teams you know what I'm saying for sure for sure and you learn a lot about yourself too you're just like I mean I I mean still kind of am I like being alone I like having my space you know but like yeah I think we're similar in that yeah we're definitely similar in that it's kind of just like okay why why am I feeling like that why do I feel the need to do this and like once you start putting yourself out there and like showing love to other people like even just opening the door for a random person or something like that, or just saying hi or smiling at somebody like that goes a long way. And like, it's kind of just like the little things. I know it's cliche and it's a little corny to say, but it really is. I mean, you learn a lot. Yeah. Kind of tying into the journey. Where did you like, it was clear that like Vermont was my like transformation, if you will, like meant, I guess physically, but also mentally where I learned it where I was able to practice it. And then I guess after that, like that winter going into the next year was where I was able to like put it into action, I guess. So where in your like, you know, five-year college journey or before college, were you like introduced to it, like practice it and then realize like, wow, like this actually works and is something you like made into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say like probably right after the freshman year season. Um, (laughs) Sorry excuse me. (laughs) Um, yeah, I would say right after the freshman year season, um, you know, again, tying it back to Wes, you know, he came in with this new mentality. He was a new hitting coach. Hofstra, you know, we struggled in the past, like didn't have a great history at Hofstra. So we kind of wanted to come in and change, change the culture a little bit, as you would say, and just the mindset and kind of just show us what else there is out there. And, 
I mean, he, that's the first thing he introduced to us was the law of attraction. And it was kind of a way of coat, not coaching physically, but, but like the importance of it was that he brought it to it. So it wasn't even like someone, like it wasn't a friend or a parent or a priest. It was like a coach. Like it was Mm -hmm. someone that even like his best interests are you hitting doubles, but like title, like job title wise, like his job is to make sure that you win ball games. For sure. Brought it to you guys says a lot, I think. Yeah, I, I think his bigger intention was just making us good human beings. I think if you're a good human, if you if you're a coach and you teach college kids how to be good humans, wins are going to be the byproduct of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Like that's. I think I think you could probably if you looked back at your journey. I know if I look back at mine, my college baseball journey, the coaches that kind of acclimated their teams with that were the majority of the winning teams for my journey at least 100 percent. and i think i think that's a big misconception nowadays in college baseball for some teams not all of them i mean i know the successful teams i think they are big on that just like being a good human being and you know like mm-hmm. just developing the character behind their kids and yeah so I mean, I would say, yeah, freshman year, right after freshman year, I learned about it, took a huge dive. I guess you could say the new term is spiritual awakening, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, dove deep into that stuff, started reading affirmations every morning, meditating, and just all, like all of a sudden you just start feeling better. Once you start taking care of yourself like that and just you become a whole new person and like it's just a transformation, which is awesome, but Again, it's a journey. It's a process. You still got to do it every day. Um, you got to continue to just try to be a better person every single day. And that's a part of the journey. You know, that's part of this podcast that we want to talk about is just becoming a better human being. No bad days. And it starts with that. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm just kind of tooting my own horn, I guess. I think the whole bad, no bad days. Do it, bro. Do it. Kind of ties in, you know, it seems like everything spiritually and I guess even sports wise that I, whether I try to make an adjustment or try and um, look at and see how it could be improved or how it, why it is good. um, It's kind of like, oh, okay. That kind of ties into no bad days and like the meaning behind that. For sure. And there's going to be ups and downs, you know, it's not, I don't think it's normal to go like a long period of time without a bad day. Of course. Of course. But it's kind of just dealing with that. Uh It's kind of like winning streak. You had the, uh, what was it? The guy, Charlie. Charlie. Yes. It's kind of of similar. Um, How like, I guess winning streak would be like a streak of good days. If you will. Yes. Um, For sure. Kind of of a similar message there. Yeah. He's, I haven't looked at any of his stuff, man. He's, I mean, he always talks about being so delusionally happy, if that's a word, delusionally, yeah. I don't even know. Like, he's just like, there's so much to be happy for. Right. You know, and you don't even realize it. Yeah. And it could always be worse. You know, that's another thing that you have to think about is just like, it's always, there's literally someone in a worse condition. Right. Like, how dare me with what I have? not think I'm on a winning streak or have a bad day. Like I feel like that's unfair. hundred percent. I have a, actually going into this, it's weird that we're talking about it, but um, I actually changed my lock screen a couple of days ago. It's 
weird yeah, that we talked about you. We just came up with this um, name for this podcast today, this episode. Um, if we are ever to enjoy life, now is the time, not tomorrow or next year. Today should always be our most wonderful day. Like, and that, like, when yeah. we, <laughs> wow, look at that, dude. <laughs> look at that. You know, it's just weird that you said that to me. And that's kind of just like those coincidences, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's but they're weird. not really coincidences. But they're know? not really. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what we call them. But yeah, man, I mean. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's all I got on my journey. It sounds like you got a good, I think we're at about probably like 40 minutes. If you want um, to, you're, you're still sipping. Tell me a little bit about what the plans for tonight are or, or what. Uh, plans for tonight, what man. I mean, in Scottsdale looks like or wherever you are. You keep no, I've never, that. I've been to Scottsdale once, but. Not, are you doing, not the night, not the night time. So we'll see. Okay. We'll see when one of those, I don't know. We'll see when that happens. Taking a okay. day at a time. I got a, I got a couple fantasy teams. I'm getting my ass kicked right now. So Dude, I'm, I'm more focused on that than anything. Dude, I'm about to be 0-4 in my two leagues, two losses each. But um, so no plans for tonight. You going back out or are you? Oh, uh, thinking about it with the boys, but I don't know. I mean, we got a couple of days off, you know, we're just trying to enjoy ourselves. Enjoy um, it. Go enjoy it. And then we get back into it, I would say Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. But you start hitting the weights. Gotta start hitting the weights. Um, let's talk about let's talk about um let's talk about our let's see if okay, how do I word this? Sorry. Um do you ever think you have problems that stem from baseball? Do you think you take your anger out on um, other outside situations that stem from baseball? Um, like, does it affect your personal life? That's what I'm trying yeah, to say. Okay. Um, I think it does less and less as I get okay. older for sure. Um, you know, pre Vermont and even post Vermont, you know, when I, and I mean, I guess I would say before the draft this year, um, it definitely was not as much as it used to, you know, when I was younger, it would be like, if I had a bad day, I didn't want to see my girlfriend. I didn't want to talk to my parents. I didn't want like, I didn't want anything. If I had a great day, you know, I was in a shower singing. Um, the draft, not getting drafted. Um, that definitely like, you know, made my whole life at a negative state where it was. I don't know if you're talking exactly performance or baseball as a whole. So at baseball as a whole, I would say not getting drafted really affected me for about a month. Um, like put, like I was just put me in a bad vibe, a bad energy, um, but singular performance wise, you know, the old, like I said, the older I get, the less it affects me. I try, I've heard, you know, good things and the more like good advice. And the more I try to live this out, like whether it's after a game, whenever you shower, when you're done with the shower, it's done. You know, when you leave the locker room, you leave it at the field, like those little kind of things. I feel it's e like single game performances. I feel like it's easier to buy into those as I mature. Um, so especially, I mean, and, and what I'm doing now is serious in terms of, you know, I have to win a job here. I'm new and these inner squads are important, but I definitely find it easier. You know, when I get two ABs in a foreign and inner squad and I punch out twice, I definitely find it easier now that I'm a little older and more mature. Once I shower and put my street clothes back on, I'm back to being a normal human being. And those two strikeouts don't leave and don't come back to my house with me, as opposed to when I was younger, they definitely would. Um, but not getting drafted definitely affected me. But I, I would say on a day-to-day -day basis, I've gotten a lot better at being able to leave, you know, and, and 
I don't even think this is a bad thing. When it's negative, I, I leave it at the field. Um, and then when I come home, I'm kind of even. And then when it's positive, why not bring it home? You know what I mean? If it's going to be good yeah. and it's going to put me in a great mood, I might as well bring it home with me and keep my mood at home good. So you're almost in a win-win there. No, what, about for sure. you? what would you say to that? What's your outlook on it? I would say I definitely struggled with that. I mean, I'm starting to get better. Like I started to become conscious of it, but I kind of realized that like, I mean, it's normal to put pressure on ourselves. I mean, Division One baseball players. Um, it's who we are. It's who we are, but we're also – We should be who we are. Yeah. It's what we're told we should be, pretty much. Yeah, and I just – I don't know. It's something I started, like, thinking a lot about, which is, like, how do I react when I have a bad day? Like, who do I affect? Like, right. Like, who are you outside of the lines? It kind of makes you ask that question. Yes. And, like, that goes into my next question, which I was going to ask is, like, what would you do without baseball? Like, who are you without baseball? I think I think those are super intertwined because if, if you have no clue and you're, like, completely – without baseball, I'd be dead, it's really likely that you take that 0 for 4 home with you because there's nothing else to you. And I think that's a lot of what – when I matured, I started to find other things that I enjoy. Like, you know, now it's really important. Like now I have a dog that I love and um, I, I enjoy hanging out with my friends regardless of how I do. And, you know, I find other hobbies and things such as like watching the UFC or playing video games, like simple things like that. Like on a Saturday during the year, no matter what, even this past year, no matter what, whether I'm four or four or over four, I was excited to go home and watch the UFC fights that Saturday night, as opposed sure. to like, when I didn't have anything else, it was like, no matter what, there was nothing else to look forward to. So I went over four. So the rest of the night was ruined. So I think, I think establishing yourself as a human and having hobbies and interests outside of the lines is like really, really important for that. For sure. And that's like, I mean, that's something that I think like, say if I was a coach or something, that's something I would establish with my players first and just be like, look, yeah, you're here to be successful and like play baseball and produce, but also you're a human being. Like you have your needs. You should enjoy life. Like right. now I'm not saying go out till 4 a.m. and drink right. and all that and show up to practice the next morning. Right. Within, over, reason, but within reason. It's kind of just like the balance. And that's kind of just like, yeah, so let me, let me actually read you this. Shout out to, I have a younger brother. Shout out to my younger brother, Andrew. He's a player at Quinnipiac. Um, my man. FCA Brave. Did he play for the FCA Braves this year? Or last year? Um, th- no, they got canceled because of COVID last oh, year. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so he, he, um, he hurt. He got hurt his freshman year. Um, so he redshirted. And then he was able to come back and um, play summer ball. He went up to, I think it was in the Futures League, Perfect Game League. I forget what league he was in. In the first play or first inning. Um, top of the first inning, he's playing center field, collides with his right right fielder, tears his meniscus, PCL, first inning of the game back. He hasn't played, didn't play his senior year because of COVID. So, I mean, the kid hasn't played baseball in two years. Um, so, obviously going through it, you know, as you would expect, rehabbing and all this stuff. And, and he made this post on Instagram. And it's a long post. So I'll read to the part where we're talking about. And I was – really impressed with him he's he's also big into mike and and love it into the secret yet Uh, maybe i got to get him there but he would he would align with it 
His post, part of it, it says, don't allow the game to be your main source of your love. You may love the game, but it does not love you back, which I love. We got into that a little mm. bit. It does not care how mm. hard you or how talented you are. It will never love you back. Find hobbies you genuinely love and find peace in those hobbies because once the game is over, it will end. And all it is is a stressful job. Understand that everything happens for a reason. So it's like, I that love very I, mature. That is very, very mature. mature very mature. And I love that because, and that's a whole different topic. We talk about how the game doesn't love you back. That's just the reality of it. Um, but because the game doesn't love you back, you have, he's right in the sense that you have to find something else. Cause if you just keep begging for the game to love you back, it just won't happen. And that's, that's the simple harsh reality of it. So finding other things that you love makes it, I think, easier to accept and live with the fact that the game won't love you back because it will end and it will never love you back. So being able to separate and find those hobbies is I think key, kind of like he talked about there. You know, it's, that's, I mean, that's very, very impressive. Yeah, dude, he, he has that mindset. He came out of nowhere with this post. And that was like only a, a third of it. The whole post was he absolutely crushed it. You know, it's um, kind of crazy. Like when you say that there's this book, you know, Tim Grover. Yes. Yeah, like, he wrote Relentless and Relentless. Winning. Yes, yes, yes. I and read he it. He just came out with a book time. winning and it just, it's literally just like that. It's just like winning doesn't care like at right. all. It right. doesn't care if you're tired. It doesn't care if you want it. Like it doesn't care who you are. And, like that's it, just, and, and baseball is a harsh game and it's the same exact way. It really yeah, doesn't care. How is he like in Quinnipiac? Is he, he's still there, right? Yeah, he's still there. Um, I don't know. I think, like I said, he's, he's had a little bit of a rough go. So I think it's hard for him to enjoy it right now. Um, but I, I don't think he's, I don't think he dislikes it. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, also there's a, there's another thing I learned. It's just like, when you're going through it, like when you're in those trenches, as Mike would say, like there's greater days ahead, like something better could be right. coming and it probably right. is coming. Like those better things, situations, whatever it is, it's coming. And it it's kind of, it's the law of attraction too. It's just like, if you are in a negative headspace, like going through a negative experience, like those good days, if you think, uh, if you stay negative those good days are further away than they could be if you yeah. the quicker like you're saying if you if the quicker you can recognize that things will improve then things are going to improve sooner if that's who's that one who's that one speaker he's a self-help coach oh i'm gonna lose my mind but anyways his his biggest thing is the universe is happening for you like everything you're going through is happening for you not against you and right. it's kind of just like he yeah, says, really? like, once you establish that in your head, that everything happen is happening for you, all suffering just stops. Yep. So, I mean, that's I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. The experiences we've been through and just like where we're ending up. And there's still a long way to go. But um, it's the ups and downs, man. No bad days. The journey. No, there's zero bad days on the journey. None. Now, I want to dive into this quote I saw a couple of days ago. Okay, give it to me. Real people aren't flawless and flawless people aren't real. Mm. And I'll say it one more time for the, yeah. for the listeners, for the million listeners listening to our podcast. Real people aren't flawless 
and flawless people aren't real. So give me your take on what that means to you. Yeah. Uh, Stemming from social media, yeah, everything like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. So again, actually, that's so funny. Okay. I'll say, <laughs> what I'm, I'll say, and then that same post that I just talked about, he, he kind of touched on that too. Um, okay. Yeah. So real doesn't have to mean kind of like it says real doesn't real isn't supposed to be good. If everything was good, if everything was perfect, then nothing would be perfect because there would be no downs for you to compare the goods with. So if for you sure. just think that, that everything is, and that kind of goes into the second part, if, if everything is perfect, then really nothing is good. And because there's no bad to compare it to kind of, so everything real we experience, whether it's relationships, days, experiences, they, they can't just all be good. They have to be bad to let us experience the good, which is what makes them flaw, which was what makes real, you know, what it is. And then on the flip side, anything flawless is just not realistic, I would say. Theatrics, it's just right, all for show. Exactly, because we, we have to assume and... I mean, it is the truth that not everyone, you know, sure, we say we don't have bad days, but no one is perfect. No one, every, everything isn't perfect in every second of every day for everybody. So putting yourself at that standard and, and trying to hold yourself to that bar is simply unfair and not real, if you will. Um, for sure. And, and he kind of said, and hold on, say, say, the, say it one more time for me, the quote. Real people aren't flawless. And flawless people aren't real. Okay. And now I'll read you what the start of his caption was. He said, I finally learned that I don't hate social media. I hate the way we use it. I hate the way that we all put up a front that our world is perfect when no one's out, when no one's is. Here's my attempt at changing that. And then he goes on. So he says that just because all of us want to put out there that we're crushing life, crushing sports, crushing girls, crushing money. That's not real. You know, yeah, and honestly, that's... that could honestly make people even. I mean, I'm pretty sure someone has already said this, but putting that out there could even make you even more unhappy almost. because you're trying to almost live up to what people think you are. So if you put all this up there and you aren't really that, you know, people want you to be that, but you can't get there. So you're constantly, and that's kind of what he's getting at there is that you're putting up a front that you're always chasing that you essentially tells yourself that you're not okay with your present self. So if you're just lying about what you're putting on social media, that's indirectly saying that the real me, I'm not good with that. I need to, I need to add to it. Ooh, that's some good. That's, that's good right there. Right. So I have to add yeah. to it to make it, to make you know, this Matt McDermott right here is the real one. And this is the one I'm going to post. Now, but we're all guilty of it. We're all right. Guilty of we that. are, of course. But every, it, it, I think it depends on how much area is in between. You know what I mean? If yeah. you're, if you're way overshooting who you really are, that means you're really far from who you want to be. And that means you're probably really unhappy. But if you're right here and you're posting right here and you're pretty close and that's almost really who you are, that means you're comfortable with who you are and you're happy with what you're putting out there into the universe. And that means you probably are happy and real with yourself. It's a great take right there. Thank you. So that's now a give me a phenomenal one. take. 
Thank you. So now give me what you, how do you read that? How do you interpret that? The quote? Sure. You're talking about, yeah. yeah, I mean, real people aren't flawless and flawless people aren't real. I mean, if you're real, like, personally, that's who I want to be around. Like, shoot me straight. I mean. Right. There's a little bit of the Hofstra. There's a little bit of the Hofstra New York in you right there. Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's why <laughs> people get pissed off when I say that stuff, bro. Um, but yeah, and that's why, that's one of the reasons why I fell in love with Long Island a little bit is because like yeah. the culture is just like, you know, yeah. if you're in my way, get the f- out of my way. Right. And it's, it's, but it's real it's loving, but it's loving at the same time. Exactly. Also, it's it's real up there. It's real, but it's loving but it's loyal, but it's real at this all at the same time. It's very family oriented. And just like, like I said, I'm going to shoot you straight. If I don't like you, you're going to know I don't like you. (laughs) Right. And it's by no way flawless, you know? Exactly. And again, like that's truly why I think I fell in love with this and in love with the place. It's just like, it's just so real up there. Like you're going to have your people everywhere. Everyone's going to be putting up a front. Yada, yada. No one's ever, perfect but right like the people i met and the teammates i met like it's just all real and that's what's those are the people you want to you want to surround yourself with you know mm-hmm. and i i think people just confuse that with having fun in a way like if you're with like people who you see are flawless like you think that's having fun but it's really not you know what i mean Right. Am no, I saying I that? Does that make sense? No, no, no. As you were saying, yeah. Yep. But yeah, real people are who I want to be around. It's never bullshit. It's all love. It's yeah. family. And I think that's why we we were able to connect so well. And I think that's why for sure that team and Barb's and a lot of us were very similar. And and he kind of instilled that in us in a great way, which kind of tying back into the whole journey thing. That's why that part of I'm sure everyone on that team's journey was a highlight. Was fun high performing enjoyable because it was real yeah and there's i actually learned this from someone there's actually a study out there i'll ask you this question so they did a study i think at harvard or one of those big schools but people on their deathbed what do you think they cared about more money or their family and their connections, their money and validation or their family and connections. Their family and connections, no question. Now that is okay. So family and connections, people who are millennials or I've, I fucked that up one second. How am I trying to remember it? So millennials said that they care more about money and validation. Okay. Are you asking me or are you asking what I think people reported? what people reported well i confused the whole study i fucked that up but whatever so anyways millennials said that they care more about money and validation while other people who were born in like the 80s or 90s said that they care more about family and connections that's what right I'm oh, that makes sense Sorry, yeah, i worded yeah. that terribly no no you're good i got gotcha. you but isn't that that's so interesting because that's two different cultures and it's just like it's almost like shitty, you know, it's sad. I agree. I agree. And again, kind of, again, weird tying in. I think it's so, and it goes back into the real part. It's, I think it's so much more important. 
And I think you could tie in like experience with that also, like family connections, experience, like what, are, what did those three things mean or impact your life as opposed to money and that kind of thing. And I, I just, I don't, I'm a 98 boy. I don't know if that, I was born in 98. I don't know if that classifies me as a millennial, but I um, couldn't be further on the family connection side. Not even I'm on my not death. sure what it said. It's something along those lines. It's just like, right. The difference. Yeah, no, I see what yeah. you're saying. But, but I, 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 even now, not even on my deathbed, I think it's so, I think, you know, the family and connection, everything is so much more important. Yeah. And that's, I think that's one thing I'm starting to learn even more, like being alone out here in Arizona, like not, don't fucking feel sorry for me, but it's just like, when you're alone, you think about all that stuff. You're just like, oh shit, I have a fan, like, Right. No, be grateful yeah. for that. I need to continue that connection. I need to continue that love for them. And like, even your boys back home, like still in college, like at Hofstra, William Mary, whatever, like you got to continue that relationship. It's right. not just like, Oh, I left our relationships done. Like that's not how it works. And that's kind of what I'm learning right now. Just like keep in touch with people you love, keep in touch with people that you have fun with and can grow with. And I don't know. It's just, it's kind of a huge realization for me. And it's, I guess it's kind of immature. I was like that, but now it's just like, Oh shit. It's like one of those Oh shit moments. Society makes it easy to be with how much we emphasis we put on money and all that. And, and on the flip side, the money part of it kind of, again, weird timing for it. The podcast learned I'm a huge cleat guy and I, I love it. <laughs> and yeah. this, this is what I purchased today for oh, just, for just our audio listeners, it's the Harper Fives with they're basically just American version. There's a bald eagle on them and American flag and everything. And I sent them to my family group chat and I quoted my late grandfather who used to say this and he was a huge believer of it. He would always go down to Atlantic City with his friends and gamble money away. And he would always work super hard. You know, he was from an immigrant family from Italy and worked super hard and earned his money and everything. And he would always say, and I said in the group chat, a wise man once said the Brinks truck doesn't follow the hearse. And what he meant by that was the Brinks truck where there are those big armored trucks that carry the money in and out of stores yeah. and they don't follow the hearse. In other words, yeah. the, the car that carries the casket. And what he meant by that was like, he worked super hard. You know, he was an immigrant from an immigrant family that was from Italy that was born and bred, dropped out of high school, worked in an entrepreneurial business till his, body literally broke down and he died. He worked constantly, but he didn't just care about that money and store it away and, and buy all these ridiculous things. And I mean, he cared more about taking his family to Disney every single year and building a beach house that his entire family could live in and enjoy their summers in. And like, and that's a grand scheme part of it, but like the Brinks truck doesn't follow the hearse kind of emphasizes that point that like, the money is not as important because we're all going to die, but instead take that money and spend it on an experience, buy something for someone or oh, no. spend time with family instead. And just that idea that bringing back into the deathbed, which is literally the hearse, the Brinks truck becomes irrelevant because you're yeah. on your deathbed. The whole, the whole Brinks truck, whether there's 15 quadrillion in the Brinks truck or $15, you're on your deathbed. So like, what do you have back to, and I get that money can buy experiences and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But the, at the end of the day, what you really remember and what's more important is what's not in the Brinks truck. 
it's everything else that you were talking about. No, a hundred percent. And that's like, I don't know. It's, it's just a strong realization. I think at our age to realize that, especially with the culture that we're in, right. Not to toot our own horns. I mean, but we're definitely different than, than the societal norm. I think. No. Yeah. We've been through it and we we're starting to understand that I think, but again, yeah, it's all about, I mean, it's all about the love happiness that you have with your family. And I mean, couldn't agree more. I think, I think now I'm starting to take advantage of that. Like talking to my friends, family every single day, catching up and everything. And that's literally like, that's what it's all about. You don't want all that fake, like Instagram, like you don't want that. Like you truly don't want that down, like deep down, not at all. And that's why I think college is like the best years of everyone's life is because you're connecting with so many people every single day. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and people don't realize that. Yeah. That's my take on it. I I agree. I agree. As always, we're always agreeing. But yeah, man, I mean, let's see, we're, we're about 55 minutes in. Perfect. I want, I want you to go out on the town tonight. Let's, let's wrap this up so you can hit it, hit the town. Oh my goodness. You are a doll. I'm excited <laughs> for you. I'm excited. I appreciate it. Nah, nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. Never crazy, but enough, just enough. But this was a great episode too. Um, hope everyone enjoys it. Um, you got I'm gonna go ahead and, once you put it on Spotify, um, you probably should, Tell me how to do that too, so I can help you out with all the all that okay. kind of stuff. I'm gonna go ahead and put it on my social media so we can broaden our 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 listener viewage. So all right, we'll do that. Uh episode two. We are out. We will uh see you guys. No bad days, listeners. We'll see you next week, Sunday. Um Thank you guys, we love you. We will talk to you guys later. Peace. All right, bye, awesome. See ya.